Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Courageous Path podcast. I'm Rachel Horton White of Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting, which is at www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, probably a couple more in there too. And you can follow the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes where you can subscribe as well. Today, I am delighted to introduce Patrick Roche of Think Tank Coworking in an interview called Revolutionizing the Modern Workforce. Patrick is the president and owner of Think Tank Coworking based in Portland, Portland, Maine with locations in nearby Yarmouth and Biddeford. Think Tank has grown to become Northern New England's largest network of co-working facilities, providing nearly 300 members with access to professional, creative, and collaborative workspace. Members have 24-hour coded access to the space, replete with lounge areas, phone booths, conference rooms, kitchen, and internet. Think Tanks also host networking events, documentary screenings, and arts programming. Patrick sits on a number of nonprofit and business advisory boards. He is a recipient of the 2014 Entreverge Award hosted by Propel and Successful Innovative Small Business Award by SCORE. In addition to running Think Tank, Patrick has a background in building construction, film production, and journalism. In his copious free time, he continues to write and pursue his passion for the literary arts. And Patrick lives in Portland, Maine. So join us for this incredibly illuminating conversation that goes beyond the modern workforce into the general shift in our modern working world that we're all experiencing with Patrick's words of wisdom. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Patrick. Nice to talk with you. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Thank Tank Coworking. I was here... I don't know, a month ago or something, doing a workshop and came across you. And, and I'd definitely seen Think Tech before, and I never really knew exactly what it was, but it always looked really cool and looked very interesting and innovative. And um, so I, was, I asked you if I could interview you to hear more about what it is that you created with Think Tank. Um, so I'm wondering if you can describe what Think Tank is. Of course. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I was looking forward to it, and um, I know um, we see eye to eye on a few things, um, and uh, I, I feel like you get what we're trying to do here, but of course I'll explain uh, for the listeners. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, so uh, Think Tank Coworking is a shared work facility. Uh, we're a co-working facility. That's kind of the term that's kind of taken root, mm. um, and we're here in downtown Portland, our flagship location, um, where it all began, and um, essentially a large open concept shared workspace for freelancers and entrepreneurs, uh, startup teams, as well as remote workers. Um, there's a term that's now being bandied about called contingent worker. Huh. So people who are being that. cut loose from their parent companies to work from home. Mm -hmm. um, so basically remote workers, but mm -hmm. people who are maybe going from job to job, you know, who might be a, a web developer or a graphic designer. Like a consultant. Consultants. Yeah. And um, so anyways, we, 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 house a lot of folks in this space uh, for their professional work uh, experience. So our Congress Street location in Portland, again, being our flagship, is like currently about 7,000 square feet. 
it's rather huge. Yeah. We've got like large open spaces up front, lots of windows, lots of light, lots of plants, um, and art. And then the space, we have 12 offices throughout the space. We have a mezzanine level that has like dedicated desks and other areas to work. Mm. And then in the back room, we have kind of a presentation space. It's kind of a bit quieter and a bit darker with like a, you know, a screen and projector and whiteboard. And we've got conference rooms and phone booths and all the, all the modern office amenities yeah. you'd want. But we kind of also try and maintain a creative atmosphere so the space looks and feels kind of creative. I think for people who have never seen a co-working space, if you were to think of like the proverbial Google office, yeah. you know, where there's like a yoga ball and there's like a few dogs running around. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not, like a, even though it's a, a kind of bustling, even in, as most bustling, it's very quiet in here. People are here to work. Yeah. Um, it's not like crazy social hour. Mm -hmm. um, but people come in, bring clients through, they meet with folks, they um, collaborate. We are kind of a de facto incubator. People come to nice. us because the rates are very affordable and the memberships are month to month. Yeah. Um, we have different membership tiers for different people. Some are part-time, some are full-time. <clears throat> some um, want to bring clients through, some don't. So we have all these different yeah. price points for huh. different, different folks. Um, and so, cool. um, and other than that, we also do programming and events. So we screen documentaries and we mm. have had poetry and literary readings. We had Richard Russo read here, who's a Pulitzer oh, Prize winning oh, yeah. novelist. Uh, we've done like cool music events. And um, we also do like First Friday Art Walks in Portland, here in Portland, Maine. We have um, First Friday Art Walks. Congress Street is like a, a zoo. Yeah. Uh, it becomes like a big street that. festival and people rove about and go between all the art galleries and uh, drink free wine and yeah. look at a lot of art. They don't <laughs> buy nearly enough. People out there, support your local artists. Patronize the arts, please. Absolutely. Buy art. Like, if you don't, no one will. Mm -hmm. it, it breaks my heart. There's always mm -hmm. people out there trying to make a living as artists, and like everyone looks, but they don't. They don't do anything about it. Yeah. It kills me. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Plug. Sorry. It's a little plug. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we we're kind of just this large space, and we have um you know really robust membership. We actually have two other locations. We we've since opening this one, I've opened one in Yarmouth, Maine, which is like 20 minutes north of here. Yeah. And one in Biddeford, Maine, which is about 20 minutes south of here, and. Um, uh, both similar structures, similar arrangements of offices, open space, and um, just meeting the demands in those those respective areas. Mm -hmm. And then members can actually get reciprocity between the locations. Mm -hmm. So for the people in and around Southern Maine, they can kind of meet with clients in a bunch of different spots. Mm -hmm. And so that's our kind of growth plan is to continue to spread the the, the gospel of co-working, yeah. as it were, um, and uh, continue to grow the the resource that's awesome and that's the future the future of the modern workplace in my sense is that remote worker who people want to do that anyway they want to work from home they want to um, have that flexibility but on the other hand I'm one of those people right now <laughs> they also want to collaborate and talk to other people and not just be like isolated in their house all the time and so you know that's what's the beauty of this in my mind is that you can Collab, you know, you can see other people, and, I th and you mentioned the word incubator, mm -hmm. and and I'm wondering, in that sense, are you talking about um, like people bringing ideas, you know, sharing ideas together, and possibly coming up with a new initiative? Right. So um, to touch on the first thing you mentioned, right before yeah. we get into the incubator yeah. kind of component, um, you know, you're right. It is there's a huge emerging workforce. People with the technology that exists today, people can telecommute, they can re remote work, they can video conference. And they can work from their laptops for their parent companies anywhere, or they can work from themselves anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that home offices um, are great if you can support one and you can, um, you know, have the space for it. 
and actually be productive there. But mm. most people pretty quickly find that it's kind of isolating. Yeah. Um, you get lonely and yeah. you get distracted easy, you know, with the domestic sphere. Mm -hmm. um, coffee shops are similarly distracting. Mm -hmm. I go to coffee shops once in a while, but within like 20 minutes, I'm like, wow, this place is crazy. <laughs> You know, there's like all this banging and like, you know, like espresso machines and like yeah. people, people you know. Yeah. yeah, people you know. Yeah, right, yeah, right. I can't go anywhere in this town. I know. But, um, so, you know, so. Put your headphones in. Right. And so, you know, co-working spaces are a little bit of a, a sanctuary from all that chaos. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're good for both productivity, but also this sense of camaraderie that you're talking about. And I think, you know, on a, on a larger philosophical level, the reason I got into it was because I didn't have a space to work. I was looking for a place to kind of commune with, with like other like-minded folks and smart people who were entrepreneurial um, or also just creative. Mm -hmm. And I have I had a background in the arts and like literature and film production. I had a studio space where I did work and I shared that with some friends way back when. And uh, that was kind of the, the genesis of this. But um, the real thing that I was seeing was that like with the digital age um, emerging and people's virtual connectivity uh, becoming more of a function in their day-to-day -day lives with like obviously social media, but also like just screen time. Um, people are getting um, really alienated by that. And it's it's inhumane. It's like fundamentally inhumane. It's not what we're cut out to do. We're not robots. And we want community yeah. and we want to foster that community and we want to be around each other and we thrive off the energy of others. Yeah. And it's so obvious in a space like this how people will just converge um, deliberately um, it is. It's like it's like a hive mentality, and it's mm -hmm. it's beautiful, and um, it gets back to I think our core values as human beings, which is really tribal mm -hmm. and um, kind of like clan like. Mm -hmm. um, and so this kind of is like a return, in a very small way, in a very small way, to a kind of more of a um, like a tri a tribe kind of mentality of like let's like here we are in a community. I can get to know the local operators, people who care and who are engaged in civics. And we can kind of like more quickly um, grow our own businesses and personal lives and social lives, but also the communities we live in. Yeah. And so Portland's a perfect place to have started this because like yes. this town has like come around so fast um, and it's such a bastion of progressivism and like high end culture. Mm -hmm. And for those you know people in the audience out there, mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't been to Portland, you should check it out sometime. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a great city. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Yeah, so it's it's very much about that again on a philosophical level of being yeah. a convergence point. Um, it's almost like a movement. It you're is part. You're on like the cutting edge of a movement. Have yeah. you, and you ha and you remind me when you're talking of Seth Godin. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar. He talks about the connection economy that he that we're in now, and the, the industrial economy is unfortunately where a lot of the big companies and organizations, hierarchies, bureaucracies, bureaucracies, including public schools. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, are kind of stuck and that uh, that is falling away and giving way to this new connection economy. And so I think I have a feeling that you are, like I just said, the cutting edge, what you're doing is going to be more and more and more of them. But you started it like before it was like an idea ahead of its time a little bit, maybe, I don't yeah, know, but it's I've, obviously it's, working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was lucky. It was, it was a zeitgeist thing for sure. I, um, mm -hmm. I didn't know coworking existed when I started it in uh, 2010 it barely existed. It only been around for like three yeah. or four years and it was really in San Francisco and I was in like, you know, Portland, Maine. Yeah. So I didn't really know that like, you know, co-working was a, a very emergent thing yep. at the time. And so I was definitely an early adopter of what became an obvious trend. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I was lucky that I got, you know, and then I, I think what it comes down to is I just am a natural connector. Not, mm-hmm. Like it's not boastful. It's just, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, and it like, and so it was just something that I kind of needed to do. Yeah. And I think I would have, you know, arrived at this place one way or another, uh, anywhere I wound up. Yeah. And it was, I was just like the set of circumstances, the affordability of real estate in Portland, the, the emerging, uh, young urban population of professionals, um, and then just my ability to kind of integrate with that culture and promote it very effectively in a bigger city. It might've been more challenging at the time when mm-hmm. I was, you know, like younger, I was like 30 years old at the time. And mm-hmm. I think, um, had I tried to do this in New York, mm-hmm. I don't think I had the business chops to do it, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to hack New York at that time. Yeah. I do now. I feel like yeah. it's been a crash course in business, Absolutely. but, um, yeah, so it, it's, um, it is part of a, I think, a, a co-working revolution, mm-hmm. but co-living, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sharing economy mm-hmm. and Seth Godin type, you know, um, you know, I guess philosophies mm-hmm. um, are all really happening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's happening in every sector of our society. Mm-hmm. It's like fascinating and beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without getting into politics, it's totally like going to be the salvation of our economy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's a very bottom up grassroots approach to solving our woes through um, economic revitalization, through um, fostering local culture through uh, local vor culture, of saying we're going to be resilient, tight knit community again. Mm-hmm. We're not going out to the malls and plazas and supporting you know large corporate entities mm-hmm. that that feed us you know on un, you know unhealthy unhealthy food. foods <laughs> yeah. and products that are sourced you know unethically elsewhere. Yeah. We're going to say like we're going to do this locally our own way because yeah. we were done with being exploited by. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of these, this, these kind of commercial enterprises that no fault of their own. It's just, it's just this Leviathan like beast right. and it's, there's no one puppet master per se, but, um, they, they're effectively complicit in what is kind of like, I would say the steady erosion of human civilization. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so it's like, we need to be much more vigilant about how we, um, grow our local economies mm-hmm. and, um, and then this gets back to the fact that through technology, we now have the ability to say, I can live where I want to live. Yes. I can choose these lifestyle places and I can find community through work and uh, by working in co-working spaces where mm-hmm. me and my, my actual immediate co-workers might be across the country, mm-hmm. but I have all these other people around me who do something similar mm-hmm. and we can talk shop and we can mm-hmm. go out for beers after work. We can grouse about, you know, our, our bosses, <laughs> but we don't, there's no boss Right. (laughs) Which is yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it, there, there is this like really cool awakening that is happening. Yes. And, um, but it's, it's a bubble right now. It's not a bubble that's going to burst because the truth is the remote workforce is is growing in a crazy, crazy way. And that's never going to change again. Mm -hmm. Um, because everything's going that direction. Mm -hmm. But, um, we we're Portland's a bubble. Burlington, Vermont's a bubble. Mm -hmm. Providence, Rhode Island's a bubble. New York city, Boston, these are bubbles. There's a lot of places that are not as, um, is, uh, I guess, forward thinking, forward thinking ahead of the times, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's happening in other smaller places too. And I'm not yeah. saying that I don't know the Midwest that well, but you could say Des Moines or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I can't even think of Midwestern yeah. cities, no, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there, there's this, the co-working phenomena is emerging all over the planet mm-hmm. in smaller and smaller cities mm-hmm. as time wears on because the internet has connected us all and these ideas are, are contagious mm-hmm. and they're really effective. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyways. 
Yeah, this is just so inspiring for me to listen to what you're saying because it's just so much resonates with what I believe. And I think I mentioned to you before this concept of the great turning of the shift in our um, economic, social, ecological uh, experience. And a lot of it has been fueled by climate change. And um, But I think, you know, some people think when they hear about that concept, Joanna Macy, by the way, is the woman who did it, they think, oh, well, does that mean we got, need to like go live in like an intentional community somewhere and just you know like have no technology and just be growing food, which is amazing. I love that growing food, you know, and and just like living as if you're in the woods or something. But I don't believe that's what it is. I think it's this com beautiful combination of mm -hmm. what you just said of the amazing gifts that we have been given through technology, combined with the energy we get by being like physically in the same room as another human right. <clears throat> and that's what you and i think that's what you've you're literally embodying that right here right which is so awesome to see well one thing that comes to mind when you say that is like yeah we don't need a like a complete upheaval of our total social order mm -hmm. like capitalism has, has done a lot of people very well it's mm -hmm. completely screwed over lots of other people the majority right. of people actually most globally. people yeah um, but that said there Commerce makes sense. We can't live in a barter system. There's seven billion people on the planet, yeah. you know, but there's ways to be conscious about our capital mm -hmm. and how we spend our money and mm -hmm. what we what we do with our dollars and um, and who we choose to support. Yeah. And I and I think if we if everyone just like stopped like the whole you know think globally act locally mantra is so dead on. Mm -hmm. If people would just stop like watching. Mm -hmm the national news cycle mm -hmm. and like just like focus mm -hmm. on their local communities and give back there mm -hmm. and have a sense of civic engagement um, and volunteer, get, engage with the arts, engage with local politics, run for office, get, you know, be, be present in your local community. And if everyone just did that, everything would just sort itself out right. because it's, that's where it all begins. There, right. There's an inherent corruption as you go up the ladder, yeah. but like that could be resolved through this process. Absolutely. In a way, grassroots level. Yeah, and so yeah. in a way, we we talk about think tank as being like um, kind of the hub of community ideation, mm -hmm. because we're kind of like a modern day community center, uh, even though it's yeah. membership based and there's a fee to be a part of it. You know, we do a lot of pro bono events and we support lots of different entities, everything from like, you know, like Chinese language immersion classes and mm. different, um, you know, diasporas from different. Um, refugee populations and stuff. There's a lot of people who circulate through Think Tank that are uh, not not members per se, but guests of members. Yeah. Uh, or just a part of an entity or organization that we really believe in and we just give them access to the space to have their meetings and conferences. It's funny because I was going to ask you that. I was like, do you, are you selective about who can come in here? I mean... Yeah, everyone, everyone but Monsanto. <laughs> All right. or, or Nestle. Nice. Yeah. I, could, I could actually list up a few. Corporations. Yeah, but there's a couple yeah. in there. But no, yeah, uh, for the most part, we're, we're very open. There's no one, you know, category, you know. Um, Do you interview people that have an application? Yeah, uh, we have a kind of loose process. Everyone gets a tour. All right. So and you're just kind of picking up on their vibe. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's it's more art than science. And yeah. um, it's very, the people who gravitate to co-working are just so open, yeah. so generous, so interested in yeah. being part of the community. Yeah. Um, it's like 99.5% of the time a really good fit. Yeah. And um, yeah, every once in a while, it's not a good fit because it might just be like some guy who's like a really high high energy salesperson who works mm -hmm. for, you know, and they have mm -hmm. to shout into the phone all day. That just doesn't work mm -hmm. in a co-working space. It's just annoying. Yeah. So our, right. our fundamental policy within the space, people are wondering how like you maintain 
you know, some degree of sanity yeah. is just our, our policy is don't be annoying. <laughs> you know, like some people talk too loud some people yeah. eat stinky foods and people, it's like, it's like, don't do annoying things. Just be respectful. Of yeah. People yeah. You. yeah. Do your dishes. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking about like people who might be listening and thinking like, Oh wow, that's so cool what he did. How can I do that too? Or something like that. And I'm wondering, um, like what, kind of words of advice maybe would you have to people maybe they're not thinking about starting something exactly like think tank but something that's innovative that hasn't been done before maybe where they are um and of course there's those fears to kind of work through mm. can you any like advice or wisdom you feel like you so, care to impart so, so, i have so much advice for all of you out <laughs> there um it's ridiculous I, I feel like i'm like kind of like uh, an expert in this uh, yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of wisdom. We have more than just the three locations. I've like consulted on a bunch of other locations mm-hmm. and uh, other pro- uh, projects, and um, become kind of a maven in this field. And it's been amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, and I have a background in building construction, so I, it, that's wow. one thing that allowed me to kind of do all this was just my knowledge of like space and design and, mm-hmm. and construction buildouts and stuff. But if you're gonna do it, there's there's a million things to consider. I would say one survey like you know, all the good websites of all the co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to glean. What you'll notice is all the co-working spaces pretty much all offer the same set of services. Mm. And it's not because we're just copying each other. It's because we've all evolved yep. to adapt to um, to what the need That's state is. Needed, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, you know, you can do a co-working space in a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it in their, their strip mall where next to the, you know, the grocery store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Just... It's just a matter of economics. Like, is it a nonprofit? Is it a for-profit? Yeah. Can you afford the rent plus utilities plus some management fees? And you're a for-profit, right? It's yeah, a we're company, for-profit. Which yeah. is probably a good move. <laughs> yeah. It, well, for, for me, it is because yeah. it allows me to run the business the way I want to. Yes. Uh, doesn't mean I'm getting rich doing it. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I've hired on, uh, you know, an employee, mm-hmm. and so we're there. That's That's, awesome. that's great. Um, and so we're in a period of growth, and it's been great. But uh, you know, I, I bust my butt doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's been five years. We're successful. Three locations. They're yeah, all profitable. I'd say. So it, it can be done. I would just expect that if you're going to open a shared work facility, someone's going to have to do the, the dirty work. Right. And if you're the one opening it, that's you. You got to be passionate yeah. about it. Don't don't think that you yeah. can just like open this up and then pay someone to do it, yeah. and then make any money yourself. Yeah. Because the likelihood is nil. <laughs> um, that there's enough money to go around to start yeah. to pay two people to do the job. Yeah. So as long as you're comfortable with cleaning toilets. Yeah. You know. There's something uh, somebody said. I, I follow Elizabeth Gilbert, and well, I shouldn't. Well, I'll say it anyway because it's a vulgar word, but whatever. My mom won't listen. Um, she talks about if you're eating it, you have to be comfortable with eating a shit sandwich. Like, because if you're passionate about something, then you're like you're willing to do it, and even if it's like that, you know, it's just. That's such a horrible. It's such a horrible image. There's, there's. Uh, I was, I was not for the record, not in the military, but I've got friends who are in the military, and they had an expression called "embrace the suck." Yes. And, yes, um, yes. Yes. And and sometimes you're doing something that's really sucky, mm-hmm. and I can imagine people in the military do that all the time, like all the time, and it's just yeah. like embrace the suck. This this kind of sucks. Just like just get after it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. And. If if you're gonna embark on opening anything like a business at all, if, if you're even thinking like being being an entrepreneur, you better be ready to bust your ass. Yeah. Like it's just it's all consuming. You might yeah. just end up marrying your business. Yeah. You know you you like you it's like it's not a way out of a of a, of a system that you don't like. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the other iron the joke is like 
the definition of an entrepreneur is someone who will work 80 hours to avoid working 40. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, and so th- totally there's so many truisms about that. Like yeah. I go home and like I'm not done working. I, I, like, I've only yeah. learned in the past few years. I, I, I meditate. But like ways yeah, to to great. shut down my my thinking about work because yeah. it was all consuming for so long and yeah. you know I gave you know many I mean, best years of my life are still ahead of me right, but yes. um, you know like yeah my thirties I've, I've been you know you've been working hard working hard mm-hmm. and um, so but it's worth it I mean it's like don't you love what you do and yeah right? I, yeah I would yeah. trade a thing and then also like the world needs it yes you know like having a a job or, or creating a position for yourself that has purpose that mm-hmm. adds value to the, your members mm-hmm. and to the community around you is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like super fortunate, yeah. like luckiest person. You can show that, up when you want, leave when you want. Yeah, right. I, like <laughs> That's the, the chair I'm sitting in, I, I take naps in this once in a while. Yeah, you know, so I'll awesome. conk out because I I make my own schedule. Yeah, you know, and it's great. It, but it also comes with you know consequences. Yeah, and it's just um, and being self discipline probably self discipline right? being in business is, is challenging. I make a lot of hard decisions. Yeah, and I've had a lot of awkward conversations. I had to mm-hmm. buy partners out. I've had to mm-hmm. deals that didn't go down the way I wanted them to. It's mm-hmm. you know it's it's all those things. So it's not always hunky dory, mm-hmm. but you know the world is not fair, and you know and it doesn't just handle itself. Mm-hmm. And so if you care about the world you live in, like the onus is on you to to, to change it. You know, Absolutely. obviously, not yeah. that not to proselytize, but yeah. Well, I and um, I'll wrap up in a couple minutes because I know you've got other stuff to do. But I just when you said you meditate, as you know, obviously that's a big piece of what I work with people around. And I call it quieting the mind because I know people have so many assumptions about the word meditate. It seems overwhelming sometimes, but but even, that's what it is. But um, I feel I'm wondering if it's like you're intuitive, you're following your intuition, like you just have the sense about. I mean, you have obviously you're educated and you have learned things through experience, but you also kind of like you get the good feeling about this person. You know, I mean, is that mm-hmm. a fair assumption to make? Well, I mean, I think my intuition was always good um, yeah. before I started meditating, but I've always I've been into yoga and that sort of thing. I'm not like a crazy mm-hmm. yoga nut or anything like that, but you know. Um, Finding balance in life yeah. is really important, and especially as a business owner, it's very easy to get very caught up and not. Yes. Be, and your mind is racing all the time, mm-hmm. and um, and having a, a mindfulness practice is a really good way to like create like stability and kind of um, calm all that, yeah. and have a place you can return to through meditation that is like yes. a, a deep well that you can um, draw from. Yeah. And um, and it really works, and yeah. it um, has improved my happiness. I'm far yeah. less anxious. Yeah. Um, I get I don't get angry, mm-hmm. and all of the world's chaos doesn't stop happening. Mm-hmm. It sometimes it almost seems like it does the more you meditate. Um, like, but it, what it really is is just it's like water off a duck's ass. Like mm-hmm. it just like it's like all the all the <laughs> the drama. Yeah, it, like you kind of just go mm-hmm. through the world a little more gracefully. Doesn't mean you're avoiding stuff. Doesn't mean that you're immune to it mm-hmm. or from it. But like, um, you kind of just process it better. Mm-hmm. And by way of doing that, the world around you gets a little more um, mollified and easier mm-hmm. because you're not sending all that jagged energy out around mm-hmm. you all the time, which yeah. only just contributes to the, the mayhem. Yeah. So yeah, I, I fully believe in meditation, mm-hmm. and I'll just put in a plug. I do transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it TM, and it's yeah. just—it's a technique. It's yep. um, secular. It's—it's it's really simple mantra-based meditation that people yep. that lots of famous people do. Yeah. Um, I say famous people not only because 
people you know probably do it too, but you just yeah. don't know that. No, I've heard uh, it's it is kind of like a thing that you hear about out there. I've never tried it myself, it's, actually, believe it or not, but I've heard it's pretty cool. And I think the there's a thousand types of meditation right. out there, and they're all great. Yeah, you know, and I right. think and they don't make any like the type that I do is not about like it's not our way or the highway again. It's not some goofy religion that thinks mm-hmm. it's you know the end all be all. Yeah, it's not about that. Um, yeah, and so it's just something that works it's, for it's, you. It's a technique. Right. You know, I encourage people to check it out. People mm-hmm. seem to do well by it. But if you get friends who are doing like Buddhist meditation or mm-hmm. some other kind of, you know, Hatha yoga, or I don't even know mm-hmm. what, like, f- follow something. Is there a place in Portland that is teaching transcendental meditation? Yep. Or can you name a couple? Because <laughs> I don't know of any. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Bill and Joan Riss, they're based in New Hampshire. Right. They come up here and, and teach the yeah. meditation workshops in, mm-hmm. in Maine. Uh, great, great couple. Mm. Uh, they've been doing it for like 30 years mm-hmm. and they're part of the TM entity, like uh, organization. Okay. It's a nonprofit. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, but yeah, you just look it up. You just find something. Yeah. You just look up right. transcendental meditation and you'll find a local chapter somewhere yeah. and the, like, and they will like, technically you kind of pay into it a little bit. There's mm-hmm. like just for the first few sessions, mm-hmm. I think it runs about a thousand bucks when it's all said and done after mm-hmm. like a year of mm-hmm. like, like them teaching, but then it's free the rest of your life. Mm. It's, it's not about the money for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like it's just training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's not, yeah, cause there's probably a lot of charlatan like, you know, entities mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. That was, as with anything, but you could probably get someone to teach you for free. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not some crazy secret sauce that like is impossible right. to, to decode. It sounds like it's pretty effective for you. Well, yeah. you know, it depends on the day, but yeah. Right. Uh, well, I just, it's been such a gift to talk with you and you know, I must say, like, I just met you, and I just had this feeling I needed to talk with you, and now I know why, because you shared some amazing thoughts and just really innovative ideas that I think are, um, like, transformative, to be honest. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, thanks, Rachel. It's 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 fun. It's a good conversation. Um, we have plenty more to talk about. I know. Sorry, folks. Know. Rachel and I are going to keep chatting, <laughs> and it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh... Um no, um, yeah, happy to talk anytime. If you ever want to do a follow-up, if any other, you know, cool things happen that yeah. seem like need to be discussed. Yeah, oh, I'm uh, sure there will be. There always are. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye-bye.